Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 47. This week, we're going to take an in-depth look at Royal Caribbean's cruise compass. What is it? What's in it? And how can you best take advantage of it to help plan your day or days on your cruise? We'll also feature your emails, and I have a special announcement to share as well. Here we go. If you listened to last week's episode, you may know what this episode is all about because last week we were answering a question from Paul Westbrook. And Paul wrote us an email and says, Matt, could you maybe do an email decoding the cruise compass? As a relatively new Royal Caribbean cruiser, I want to do more on the cruise. I know it's a guide to show me what's going on, but it seems like there's so much more to digest. Is there a way to drill through it or decode it so it's simpler to find things I might want to do? And Paul's a great question because the Cruise Compass, for those unaware, is the daily newspaper, if you want to call it newsletter, it's probably a better way to put it, of activities and things going on on your Royal Caribbean cruise. It's delivered to your stateroom each evening. So usually when you're out to dinner, your stateroom attendant, in addition to making up your room, will drop off the next day's Cruise Compass, usually on your bed. And basically what it lists is it lists actually a lot of things. It's it, At its core, it's about what's going on on the ship the next day. So different events, shows things to buy, things to see. There's a whole slew of information, but it's also got other things like daily specials at the spa, the drink of the day, announcements, things about the port you're visiting if you happen to be having a port day, and other things going on throughout the ship. So it's kind of a little bit advertising for Royal Caribbean in terms of things to buy. It's a little bit informational in terms of how to figure out what to do. And it's also kind of a way to figure out, help you plan what you're going to be doing on your given day. Now, cruise compasses are pretty standardized across the fleet. There's a little variety here and there, but generally speaking, I mean, the look and the design and the flow of it is all pretty much the same. So when you're talking about your cruise compass, the first thing you're going to do is page one. Page one is going to basically give you an overview of what's happening that day. So if you're in port, it's probably going to be all about the port and kind of maybe excursions and things going on that day. It may also have for you other information like what's going on on the ship. It's basically, it's the most big information, usually centered around if it's a sea day, it's what's going on on the ship. If it's a port day, what's going on on land. It also is going to give you important information like what the forecast is, which, you know, for those of us who are not keeping up with what the weather is going to be like, it's a good way of to plan. It's also going to give you an idea of if you are visiting port, what time you'll is all you get to leave the ship, what time is the back all aboard, the dress suggestion for dinner that evening, sunrise, sunset, and a little other things here and there. The first page isn't terribly important, other than I always look at the right side, which has the weather and where we're going and that kind of stuff. Otherwise, you know, it's, I really, the stuff on the left and elsewhere on the front page, I just kind of read later when I have more time. But if you're looking for, you know, what you're interested in doing, it's mostly on the right hand side of the page. Now, once you open it up, you're going to start getting into really the guts of the cruise compass. And on the inside page, usually the, so the second page, the inside of the first page, you're going to have again things like offers. These are mostly areas where you can have opportunities to purchase things, take tours, buy random things, whatever Royal Caribbean's effectively pushing that day is usually on sale. There, it is actually, you know what? I, I make it seem like it's infomercial, but you know what? It's actually very helpful because a lot of times you might be saying to yourself, oh, I really want to take advantage of bingo, or I'd really like to be able to do a special dinner show, and I know it's going to be on some night, but I'm not sure which night. Well, you know what? These are opportunities to do it. Also, I know that my wife is always looking for deals on the spa. Usually you can find spa deals here listed. So again, some good stuff to keep advantage of and, and just kind of keep in mind. It's always good information. They'll also have things like, you know, activities and entertainment. So 
some good stuff to kind of peruse again at your will. And, and the idea is, I think these are things to read. I, I always feel like these are things to read later on. Like, you know, once you get through the major stuff, you want to look for the important things. To me, the important things on any given day are, well, is it a port day or sea day? If it's a port day, what time is it to be, what time you can leave, what time you can be on. And then of course, evening activities, because generally speaking, most port days, even you're back on the ship and the evening is really where most of the activities and stuff is going on at any given day on a Royal Caribbean cruise. And of course, I would also be remiss if I didn't mention eating, because there's always lots to eat and do on a Royal Caribbean ship. And when you get to page three, you're going to have your daily planner. And here's kind of a breakdown of lunch, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, and what's going to be open when, and all that. And this is really important, because you might not know, you know, is, is Zumi going to be open for lunch today, or just dinner? Or what time is breakfast being served until in the Windjamere, which is always a big concern. It's like, can we sleep in, or do we have to wake up really early to take advantage of it? Regardless... All this information is listed there on the Daily Planner for day one. It's good for dining. Again, figuring out what is out there. So really what you want to figure out, again, in, in terms of, you know, a support day or a sea day is also figure out your dining situation, where you're going to go and what hours for, for breakfast, for lunch, if you're going to eat back on the ship, if you're going to eat on land. Because, of course, if you're on a sea day, certain restaurants are open for lunch, like the main dining room. And these are good ways to figuring out which times are available for what? Because again, most restaurants are not available throughout the day. They're not open for 24 hours. They're set times. So you need to be aware of them. And this is a good way of figuring that stuff out because the last thing you want to do is walk all the way across the ship to wherever and be like, oh, it's not even open yet. You could have known that ahead of time. So this is a good way of planning that. And this is probably, again, a very important page that I pay attention to. Now, there's also a, on that page, you're going to find out there's also open hours in terms of things that are just open in general. Good idea. Just, you know, keep in mind if you were planning on visiting the rock climbing wall, which I always aspire to do but never do, you can find their open times there. You also have things like what time the stores are open, the casino, art gallery, all these just kind of good to know information. Yeah, nothing's you're necessarily going to plan your day around. But if you're wondering, hey, I wonder what time, you know, the shore excursion desk is open to. Well, you'll flip it over back. Like, oh, it's open from noon to 345 and then 430 to 9. Okay, great. Now I know what time to go. So when you get to the next page, now you're in, this is the meat and potatoes of the, of the cruise compass. And this is the activities. And this is going to have a listing of what's going on from, geez, 6 a.m. probably all the way till probably one, two, three o'clock in, in the, in the morning the next day. I mean, it's really everything going on in the gym. This is what you really have to focus on. What a lot of people like to do, and I think it's a great idea, is to take a highlighter or a pen and circle or highlight things that are very important to you or things you'd like to do or just be aware that it might be happening and you may want to check it out. Go through here, and I like to do it with my wife, and we usually put our child to bed. He'll be sitting in bed, and you know we'll kind of go over it, put together like, oh, they're doing the spa raffle. Let's go make sure we get in for that because it's free, and why not? Why not get something for free, right? Who knows? Maybe we'll win. And then there's always you know the different dance parties going on. There's the '90s dance party, which we always <laughs> like to go to as well. And maybe there's a drink special going on. So again, highlighting these things are a great way. And the great thing about this page is actually this is the page we usually you know tear out. And put it in our pocket because usually you can you tear out the page, you, f you fold it in half, and it fits right in your pocket very easily, in fact. So a highlighter or a pen is a good way to kind of figure out what's going on and an easy way to, to refer to it. Some people also have to take another step, and they will take their iPhone or, or smartphone in, in this case and take a photo of this page. Because if you figure, well, you're going to have your phone with you all the time because you're going around the ship, you'll see the music probably, maybe you're even sharing photos back with people at home. It's, you know, obviously, if you're going to have that with you, why not just, you know, be able to flip to your photos really quickly and take a look at what you have there? Not a bad idea as well. And, of course, there's one other way to see all these activities. Again, if you're on a refurbished Royal Caribbean ship, the 
wayfinders all list the activities going on so you can kind of get access to this as well. But again, the good thing of having at least the, the tear out or the, the photo of it on your phone is that you can, of course, refer to your notes like, oh, this is the one you highlighted. You can set up alerts for yourself on your phone, whatever. So whether you want to be technologically inclined and go that route or go old school and just write it down on the, uh, on the actual compass itself, it's not a bad idea. Now, if you lose your compass, if you need a new one, if you want, maybe you don't like sharing with your wife, I don't know. If you're not a good sharer, if everyone wants their own, that's okay too. They're all free. Either ask your stateroom attendant. I would tell them in advance, hey, we need like three or four of these a night because we don't like sharing or whatever the thing is. Or if you're feeling a little more modest, you can go down to guest services, the desk over there. They actually have cruise compasses available all the time, 24 hours a day. It's just a little rack you can go get. And in fact, they also have them in other languages. So maybe if English is not your first language, although thank you for listening to this podcast, Gracias, danke, tada, uh, that's uh, merci. <laughs> you can go to the desk over there, get a cruise compass, and they'll have it in many of the languages. You may have to ask, but usually there's like that. If you're facing the, the guest services desk, it's to the right-hand side. Now, within the cruise compass, there's a few logos or icons or whatever you want to call them next to events. I kind of give you an idea if you're kind of scrolling through or visually at least and trying to figure out what's going on. You'll have the Vitality logo, which kind of looks like, I don't know what it's supposed to be exactly. It's just three oval shaped things that come together in the middle. I'm sure there's a word for it. I don't know what it is. I apologize. But those are kind of the vitality logo. Basically it's things that are that are healthy for you to do. Like usually they're involving going to the gym, like things like maybe fab abs or indoor cycling or some sort of a, a walk around the ship. These are things again that may or may not cost money, but they're just be healthy inspired things to do. In terms of music and and dancing, you'll find a little musical note next to them. And these can, again, these, these can be little, like, uh, pool party bands that are playing. They can be someone playing the piano. They can be dancing at a party. So it's basically anything that's involving music and potential dancing, this is what you're going to be looking for. And you also have the drama logo, that that happy and sad clown thing. I don't even know if they're clowns. Man, I am so <laughs> ignorant of certain cultural icons, as you can tell. But these are basically telling you these are shows. So usually you see these icons next to the main show that's going on in the in the auditorium. There's the comedy club and anything else that's going on that's evolving a show. That's kind of icon. So again, these are things for you to kind of have an idea of what to expect if you're just kind of breezing through because you're looking for something musical to do in the afternoon or you're looking for that morning exercise it's just kind of an easy way to break apart the cruise compass now on sea days you're gonna have the most events and there's a lot to go through in fact and there's still most in the evening but the morning afternoon still have a good amount of events usually speaking in the morning you'll have the least amount of events maybe one or a couple per hour and as you go through the day and as the day progresses more people wake up you're gonna have more and more events by the evening you have i mean in the eight o'clock hour nine o'clock hour you may have you know a number of events in fact i think actually the five to seven o'clock hours are the most busy with maybe the late hours after that but basically you have to kind of go through and see what's of interest to you my advice is for a lot of these events is you know don't be afraid to just go by and scope them out you may not have to commit yourself to be the the life of the party there but you can go by and kind of you know have an idea of what's going on take a look see if it's right for you and if not see what else is going on in the cruise compass it's a good way to kind of keep an, an idea of what's again planning is the key and this is the, i think the most important thing you can do is the night before or even that morning Go through the compass, see what's out there so you're aware. Because the worst thing is you get to the end of your cruise, you get to the end of the day of your cruise and be like, ah, oh, I missed out on the, you know, on, on the belly dancing class. And, you know, I always say that to myself, man, I always miss out on this belly dancing class. But, you know, you wouldn't have known. And a lot of these times, these events are only shown once. And, and the classic example, and this one is no joking, I, always, I saw on one cruise 
there was a Michael Jackson line dancing class. And I thought that would be so cool to do because I'm a dork and I wanted to do it. And I didn't do it because I forgot to check what time it was. And I swear I have not been able to find it ever since then. So do yourself a favor. Don't be like me and make sure you make this uh, a note. Keep it on you, whatever you have to do to remember these things. But again, planning in advance, that's the key to your cruise compass. And you know, if I missed any tips, if you have a tip about the cruise compass, email us. I'd love to share it on an upcoming podcast so we can help Paul and everyone else who's looking to uh, plan a cruise and make sure they're taking advantage of their cruise compasses. Of course, you can Email matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. I mentioned at the beginning of the show I have a special announcement to make, and I'm, I'm really excited about this one, i got to tell you, because, you know, since the first episode of this podcast, I've always said, you know, I wanted this podcast to be about all of you, and this is not just Matt talking. This is a podcast for all Royal Caribbean fans. And you know what? I've been very happy to say that I think we've done such a great job, and believe it or not, we're coming up on our first year of this podcast. It, it blows my mind, because I was thinking about it. I was like, oh my gosh, we are really coming up on a year. I thought, it's, it, to me, it's felt like it's been just a couple of weeks, but, you know, we started this last summer. And our first one-year anniversary is coming up, and I thought, you know what? I want to celebrate. I want to make this a little special. I want to do something for it. And since probably taking a last-minute Royal Caribbean cruise with all of you is not in the cards, unfortunately, gosh, I haven't won the lottery yet. The next best thing is we're planning a Royal Caribbean blog podcast one-year anniversary live show. Woo! What is it? Okay, well, Wednesday, July 30th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Wednesday, July 30th, 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do a live recording of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, and we want you to be part of it. We're going to be taking your calls, and you can chat with us. It's going to be a lot of fun, in fact. So I'm going to put in this week's show notes. Go to royalcaribbeanblog.com. Go to this episode, episode 47, right? And go there. You'll find a link to our one-year anniversary live show, and it's going to have all the information you need about our live show to where it's going to July 30th, 8 p.m. Basically, July 30th, 8 p.m. Just go to royalcaribbeanblog.com. You'll see a nice little thing on the homepage there to join us for it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be free. It's the opportunity for you to basically be a part of our live show and maybe call in. We'll talk to some friends we've known before, maybe some, make some new friends as well, and we'll have a topic. It'll be a lot of fun. Basically, it's a live recording. And again, I'm so excited for this. I think it's going to be so much fun, and I really hope you'll be able to join us for it. Again, July 30th, 8 p.m. I'll remind you in the next couple coming weeks because we're getting close to it, but this should be a lot of fun. Speaking of fun, of course, I'd be remiss if we did not answer and read your Royal Caribbean emails. And we're going to start with an email from Tara R. from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hi, Matt. I recently enjoyed your podcast with Len and Laurel as loyal Disney cruisers. I hope you'll have them back on for at least let us know how their cruise went. I look forward to having their impressions of what Royal Caribbean are and their feelings on the differences between the lines. I've been listening to your podcast since you began it. I look forward to every new episode on Wednesday. You do an awesome job keeping each episode informative and entertaining. I recently started listening to your WW Today podcast as I'm tentatively planning an extended family Disneyland and sea vacation for 2017. I know it's a while off. Cue segue into Disney Royal Caribbean crossover. With the new dynamic dining on Quantum of the Seas and all the various shows, activities, using C-Pass functionality, when does Royal Caribbean introduce royal bands, kind of like magic bands? I personally feel that would be super convenient to wear my C-Pass card in bracelet form, containing my room key, credit card info, dining reservations, excursions, store reservations, etc. Heck, they could even synchronize the periodic get-back-to-the-ship reminders into them so they give you time to remind of you when you need to be back for the ship. Thanks for your continued hard work and dedication to the podcast. Tara, great email and great question because for people who don't know what's going on in the world of Walt Disney World, Walt Disney World has introduced these things called magic bands. And they're basically well, bands that you put on 
your arms, and they're RFID technology, so they allow you to communicate with RFID readers, and it has like your park tickets on there, it has your room keys, you don't have to have a room key anymore, you don't have to have actual park tickets anymore, it's all in your van. That's the basic premise of it, there's a whole lot more that goes into it, and I don't have time to, unfortunately, to go into it all right now, but if you're interested, just Google it, you'll find tons of information. Anyway, so to Tara's question, what could Royal Caribbean do that? You know, I would be interested to see something like that. The thing is, of course, as you know, Terry, there's been a lot of technical bugs with that system. And for that reason, I'm a little leery about it until it gets a little bit better. Sure, I agree. It would be great to be able to take your CPAS card and combine it with just one thing. It's basically is the same basic concept because, of course, there are no park tickets on Royal Caribbean. You're just, your CPAS does everything else, though. It gets you onto the ship. It buys you things. It does everything like that, except you have to physically carry it with you instead of putting it on your arm. There's a few other differences. It's not using RFID, obviously. I get that. But you know what? It wouldn't be bad if they could kind of bridge the gap between the two. But, eh, you know, it's it'd be something interesting to see. And you know Royal Caribbean is always about technology. In fact, Adam Goldstein, who was the CEO, now he's the COO of Royal Caribbean, the parent company, he is huge on technology. So the push for technology is always going to be there with Royal Caribbean. So I wouldn't worry too much about them not looking at that. And you know what? They, Royal Caribbean and a lot of other companies are going to be looking at what Disney is doing and seeing how that works. And um, you can bet they're going to be incorporating their own brand of Magic Band type technology, I'm sure, in the next couple of years. Next, we have an email from Christopher Percy. Thanks so much for taking the time to address episode 45 about cruising during hurricane season. On our 50 cruises, we have run into one hurricane. This was on Jewel of the Seas on a 10-10 fall cruise from Boston, Massachusetts. We left Boston and the captain advised everyone that we had a hurricane coming up behind us from Florida and that no one could go out on deck. No brainer there and things might get a little rocky. We had dinner and the ship was definitely experiencing some weather. However, it was manageable. We did enjoy playing a few games of pool where the biggest challenge was moving up and down as the ship did since the table never moved and the balls did not stray due to the gyroscope on the table. An amazing sight to see, really. The next day, during breakfast, the captain announced that we had weathered 75 mile an hour winds and considerable swells, and the ship suffered no damage at all. I'm certain some of my fellow cruisers felt the ship movement more than we did, and that's never pleasant. We are fortunate in that the ship movement did not affect us. Royal Caribbean does a great job of informing everyone on board of the weather, good and bad. The captain always has the option of moving away from bad weather whenever possible. We've been fortunate and never had a cruise impacted negatively or canceled because of weather. Christopher, great email, and you know, I agree 100%. You know, the thing is, for a lot of it, it's it's not so much that you're really going to experience that much rocking. You certainly can. But again, you know, people get seasick, which is unfor- an unfortunate thing. And that's why you just have to be prepared. One thing that we always do for any of our cruises, even if there's we're going in March, which is definitely not hurricane season, you know, you bring Bonine or some other things to help just in case. Because you never know. And for a lot of the times, I know that I am this way, the placebo effect is a huge deal. Like, just taking the pill makes me feel better already because I know that it's, like, going to help. So... You know, if that's all it takes, if, if spending 10 bucks at Walgreens to get a, a a couple pills to make me feel better mentally, hey, that's worth it to me. So, you know, it just it, it's about being prepared and knowing what the possibilities are. You just have to be informed. The, the, the thing is, a lot of some people, I think, are not informed. And I don't think there's anyone who's listening to this podcast who would fit in that category because these people that just book a cruise and show up and don't do any research. But knowing ahead of time and, and being prepared can really make a big difference. So anyway, thank you, Christopher. Next, we have another email, and it's from Larry Palmer. Larry writes, love the podcast. I'm going on Navigator of the Seas on July 6th. Glad you went on it and did a complete review. Love seeing the pictures. I've gone on seven cruises, but it has been a while since we took a sabbatical from cruising and went on to Disney World for the past eight years. How much room is it under the beds for storing luggage? I'm afraid that my luggage will not fit. Do you know the height in inches that we have to push luggage underneath? 
You know, Larry, that's a great question. We always store our luggage underneath the beds because it's actually a great place to hide them, in fact. What we do is, especially if you have matching luggage, this is really easy. What you do is you put the luggage inside of each other. So the biggest luggage is outside, and you put the smaller luggage pieces and put them inside of each other. So it's kind of like they just collapse in each other. And that way you just slide them in. Um, in terms of the size in inches, you know, I don't know the exact height, I'll be honest with you, but most normal size luggage these days will fit under there. I think there was like one time we had to like maybe lift the bed a little bit just to get it like, you know, the, the, the bar that constructs the outside of the bed kind of dips down a little bit more than the mattress does. So if you just lift it up, slide it on, put the bed down, it's perfectly okay. And that usually works quite a bit. We've, in fact, we've always been able to store our luggage that way. At least the main part of luggage, maybe like a garment bag or two needs to be hidden in the closet or somewhere else creatively that we can find to hide luggage. But that's probably the best way to do it. And so we do all the time. So I wouldn't worry too much unless you're bringing some like old school travel uh, boxes, the the old trunks that, you know, that have all the stickers from Timbuktu and <laughs> Casablanca and all the other places. Yeah, I'm going old school with this, but I think short of that, you'll probably be fine putting it under there. So have fun, Larry. Next is an email from David Elliott. In episode 44 on Allure Preview, you told them that the Royal Replenish Package includes Starbucks. Based on the reports from Cruise Critic, that's not correct. Since this podcast was referencing the Oasis class, I thought I would send some clarification. Disclaimer, the specialty coffees you can get do not include the standalone Starbucks on the Oasis class ships, just from the cafe. Figured I would throw this out there since there's a frequent complaint that some people assume that the packages include all onboard coffee. In some cases, the cafe may not even use Starbucks coffee beans, although some use Seattle's best, which is included. You can also use the standalone Starbucks with the package regardless of the package you have. Thank you, David. You know, it is a kind of weird, and I was surprised when someone told me. I didn't actually do it firsthand, and I think I said that on the podcast. It was someone else who told me that, but I was willing to believe them. This was on Navigator of the Seas, and you might be right. Maybe it's different from ship to ship, and certainly Oasis and Allure might be different than Navigator. I I don't know, but that's good to know, and you know what? I'll be sure to pass your information on to Len and Laurel so they're aware of it and kind of maybe assume that, well, if it is included, I would ask first, maybe go to the Starbucks counter and say, hey, can we use the Royal Replenish package here? Yes, great. No, okay. Well, well, we'll take it. We'll pay cash for it then. So, thank you, David. Always appreciate good information and sharing with us. So, I uh, I said appreciate already, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Thank you. And we're going to wrap things up here with an email from Max Julian from Massillon, Ohio. I recently discovered your podcast. I can't get enough. I recently booked a cruise on Liberty of the Seas for next February. This will be my fifth cruise with Royal Caribbean. I previously sailed on Explorer, Radiance, Enchantment, and Monarch in that order. I chose Liberty because I wanted a cruise on one of the larger ships, and the five-night itinerary worked best for both me and my wife. I want to treat my wife to a meal at one of the specialty dining rooms, and I'm leaning towards Chops. What do you think? Also, do you think that any of the Oasis or Quantum Class ships will offer five-night sailings in the upcoming years? Unfortunately, coming from Ohio in the winter, the seven or more night sailings are just not possible with my work schedule. I think you're going to love Liberty Max. It's a great ship. I think it's a really underrated ship. I'm not sure why it keeps on kind of getting floating under the radar, but it's a great ship, really. And I wouldn't, I think you should have a great time on there. And that five night is really a great, perfect amount of nights, really. Five nights is just, it's longer than, you know, a three or four night just kind of weekend getaway, but it's long enough to feel like, yeah, it's a real cruise. Anyway, on to your option about chops. You know, Chops is a great restaurant. It's one of my favorites to go on. When I go on its sister ship, Freedom of the Seas, we always go to the Chops there. It's a great option. And certainly Chops on Liberty of the Seas is also a good choice. And also like Freedom of the Seas, there's not a huge amount of selection in terms of especially restaurants. There's Chops and there's Portofino. And this is an age-old debate among Royal Caribbean fans. Do you like Chops better or do you like Portofino better? With my wife, at least, she likes Chops better. I think that consistently the food is better at Chops. I mean, it's hard to go wrong with a steak, especially if, you're like, if your wife likes steak. Man, it's one of the best you can really have. And so from that standpoint, 
if if your wife likes steak, I would definitely go that route because it's a good choice. And chops is really good. I, we always usually go to both because you know why not? You're on vacation, and I enjoy it. And the thing about Portofino is it's just you know it's it's not it's hard to describe why chops is better. I think just again quality of the food is a little bit higher at chops and i feel like the menu is a little bit better in terms of overall selection so it's hard to go wrong at chops i guess what i'm trying to say and so i think your options for going there would be a great choice i think you and your wife are gonna have a great time now will quantum do less than seven night cruises like five nights as you mentioned that's a good question because as you know quantum the seas well it's here very shortly in the united states and then it's going over overseas to china for probably the foreseeable future so with that in mind that leaves us anthem of the seas which is going to be splitting its time between the United Kingdom and the United States, and then the third Quantum class ship, which has no name and we know nothing about, in fact, where it's going to be. So who knows? My guess, if we have if we have Anthem and we have the third Quantum class ship hanging around the United States, there's a, there's a chance it could happen. I really don't... I think they're going to keep it probably on the seven-night cruise or longer option, but you'll see probably Freedom or even Oasis class ships doing the shorter hauls, uh, potentially. I would love for the Quantum to do like the Five Nights. I think Five Nights is a good amount. And if they stick one like, you know, again, Fort Lauderdale and it does that same thing Liberty is doing right now, it could definitely be uh, something to consider. If you're asking me, Matt, put some money down, bet you're going to go for five or you're going to go for seven night or longer cruises. I'm going for seven night or longer cruises. I think it's just probably where they're going to find the best value right now. But, you know, things are always changing. So we'll just have to wait and see. And, of course, we want to make sure that you're a part of this podcast as well. So feel free to email us, tweet us, Facebook us, whatever you want to prefer to get in contact with us. We want to read your messages here on the podcast. You can email us, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. We are on Twitter, at the RCL blog on Twitter, of course. And Facebook, or facebook.com slash royalcaribbeanblog. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.